This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Questo suono dal Sud America fino giù in Senegal, profumo d'Africa nella Nuova Guinea. La sentirai in Albania, che assomiglia a casa mia. Riparte dal Belgio, arriva in Croazia, Slovacchia, Polonia e Romania. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the Forza Napoli Worldwide Series. This is a series all about our fans. I'm convinced that we have the best fans in the world. So I wanted to give fans all over the world an opportunity to speak their minds. And this way the listener can hear some different opinions and viewpoints that are not just my own. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you once again for listening. We're heading back to New York for today's episode. If you haven't already guessed, there's a huge Napoli contingent in New York, which is great. Today's guest doesn't actually need a platform to share his ideas because he has one of his very own. If you are part of Napoli's social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, you definitely know who I'm talking about. He is the host of the Far From Vesuvius podcast and one of the hosts of the Raf and Raf Rant. Raf Arispo, welcome to Forza Napoli. Joe, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh, no, the pleasure is all mine. It's it's great to have you on. This has been in the works for quite some time now. Um, of course, I want to get your thoughts on the Juve game that was played on Wednesday. Obviously, a disappointing result. Uh, but we always start with our guest story. I know that is sort of your favorite part of this segment or part of this series. It's definitely my favorite part of this series. Uh, so I'll hand it over to you, Rafa. Please tell the listeners how you became an Apple fan. Well, before I do that, I want to say, Joe, that you're doing an absolutely fantastic job with, uh, you know, not only your podcast, but the Forza Napoli Worldwide segment. Uh, it is my favorite part of your podcast. Not that I don't have a least favorite part. I think your podcast is wonderful. And I, I always try to steer people here for the analytics and the statistics of not only Napoli, but, you know, Napoli Primavera, Napoli, Napoli Feminile, the Azzurri, the happenings in the league. And I think you're just a brilliant man. This whole time, I th- because you sound so young, I thought that you were just this single guy that had no life to do two, three podcasts a week. But you're a father of two? Two, yeah. I got two little ones. Two kids and a family and just you have gained the ultimate respect from me. So I just want to say thank you for doing everything that you're doing because we may have been here first, but you're doing your best, my friend. I just well, want you to know that. Well, look, I think, first of all, that means a lot for you to, to say that. But I, I think uh, what's special about this series in particular is we've we've always had this community, and I feel like it's it's growing. It's We're getting closer in a weird way, COVID it may have enhanced that. I mean, we're we're all kind of counting down the days where we can meet up at some point, whether it's on you know on, on this side of the world in North America and having a New York meetup, or eventually at some point a meetup at the Maradona, right? And I think you know the the whole community has been great, and and it's great that we all support each other and and elevate everybody's game. So again, I appreciate those comments. It means a lot to me. But like you said, you've been doing it for, for a while now, and you've probably told your story uh, a couple of times, but uh, for everyone uh, or anyone who hasn't heard it, and I think there's a bit of a, an additional piece that maybe people haven't heard. I'm very curious to, to know how Rafa became a Napoli fan. Yeah, there, thank you. There is a there is a, an additional piece to it. Now, you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, I guess I'm the typical... My father's born and raised in Napoli, right in the city. You know, he's not from outside the outskirts. He's from Napoli, La Città, and came here when he was 18 years old in 1973. Didn't speak a lick of English. Uh, he was a hairdresser in Italy and came here, you know, with, you know, no experience, no nothing, you know, just some tools and went to work. 
he met my mother, who's also Italian American. Her her uh, grandparents, both of her grandparents, her mother and her father's side, were from Palermo, and they came to New York and settled in Yonkers, New York. My father, when he came to New York, they were in the Bronx. Uh, he ended up opening up a shop uh, across the street from where my mother lived in a funeral home, which my grandparents owned. So <laughs> that's how they met. So growing up in my house really wasn't. Uh, it was still my father learning English, honestly. So, you know, when my cousins would come over and when, you know, we'd go see Nonna who lived up the street, you know, the whole family lived closer. The Bronx, you know, some of my family from the Bronx came to Yonkers sometimes. We went there, you know, and it was a lot of Neapolitan going on, you know, a lot of Neapolitan dialect, you know, and not a lot of Italian. Uh, I took Italian in, in school. I learned a little bit of Italian that way. But in the house, we spoke English. So that's why I don't really connect to the Italian side of me through the language that was spoken in the house because I'd always be like, what are they saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? But the way I connected with my Italian heritage is through Napoli because my first words growing up, right, you know, as a baby were mama, dad, and Forza Napoli. I was born in 1983, so I was one year old when Maradona joined. So I'm too young to vividly remember the first Scudetto, but when I first was able to start writing, I would scribble down the uh, starting 11 of the 1988-89 team, you know. And when we won the Copa UEFA, that was uh, something that we went to go celebrate. I remember that vividly. I remember the second Scudetto very, very well. I remember Napoli not having Maradona anymore. And then I kind of uh, – I think there's like a gap <laughs> in, in my memory after that, I remember Fonseca, I remember Zola, I remember keeping Kripa for a little bit, I remember uh, having Cannavaro on our team, and, and that's about it. Like, I just don't remember a lot of it until about 95, 96, where we uh, started to get a little bit better again. Uh, we went to a final of the Coppa Italia. But ba- so basically, that's my story, is that I, I was born into it, but I always followed, like, from, from that point on, from when I can remember, about 10 years old. On, I always tried to follow. I tried my best to follow the team. So uh, when they went to Serie B, it was Im- almost impossible to follow the club. But I would go by America Oggi every single uh, Monday to see what Napoli did in Serie B. Uh, later on, Rai uh, would end up becoming available through Dish Network, Rai International, and Serie B would have like a one day show on Monday and we'd watch all of the highlights of the City of B matches on Monday like we'd be waiting for it like it was you know your favorite show on TV and then Napoli came back up to City A we were able to follow it with La Josa de Gol but yeah it was very tough it was very tough being a Napoli fan uh, so naturally I gravitated towards just City A and I didn't have a specific team that I followed but I loved the league. I loved the Italian national team. So I loved players. So if it was Juventus, it was Del Piero. Um, if it was, you know, Roma with Totti, uh, Buffon, you know, just, just gravitated to the players. Inter with Vieri. I just loved the players. So I loved watching. Basically, I was just excited for a good season. And Napoli was always like, you know, stuck. <laughs> I did anything I could to follow them, though. Like, I mean, online. I would literally sit there and read in Italian because at this point I could read Italian. I would read like text updates of matches like Napoli Reggiana. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know, Matusalem Tira in Porto, you know, like and I'd be sitting there like, what the hell? You know, as if as if it was a game that I was like getting up for, you know. <sighs> so, yeah, I'll never forget times like that. And I'll never forget times like like when we were younger, we were such huge Napoli fans. But. We were fortunate enough to watch a match on television through a local New York station who had Rye, I would, I would imagine, it was Rye, a couple of hours a night, and then on Sundays, they would show like a match of the week on delay. Like I think they would start the first half when like in the 30th minute or so, and then they would like skip through uh, halftime, and then they would go right to the second half, then there'd be like a variety show, and then Novantesimo Minuto would come on. The games that Napoli weren't on TV, we had this like wooden box radio 
that picked up a rye radio and we were able to listen. So you can imagine myself, my dad, my cousin, my uncle, my grandfather, you know, my non, uh, just all around this, this wooden box radio, just waiting for, you know, Linea Napoli. And then, you know, the commentator would come on and start talking about the match and we, they'd be at another game and they'd be like, uh, Napoli, Napoli. And then the crowd would be going nuts and be like, Napoli in Vatadro. Like that's one of my favorite things I remember about it. Just listening to even, not even watching it on TV, listening on the radio Going to Lina Napoli and then uh, the commentator going behind screaming 80,000 people. Napoli in battaggio, gol assegnato Maradona, a Roma. And then they'd go back to Roma and we'd be like just going crazy in our house, you know. <laughs> Some of the best memories, you know. Um, so that's that's like it for me, really. I, I just – and then there's another story. And, if you, you know, I'll tell this quick and then we can, <laughs> we can get to the, the Juve game. But another thing that really like sticks out to me is uh, in 2004 when we were bankrupt. Uh, I thought we were done, you know. I thought we were finished. It was there was a point in time where there was no Napoli, and I cried my eyes out on my mother's bed. Now I'm a 21 year old man at this point, and I'm bawling hysterical. I believe in Serie B that season we had like 26 draws. We were like gonna stay in Serie B, but then we went bankrupt and we had to go down to Serie C. Well, it just so happens that we found a good deal on a flight to Naples in 05, in February 05, where all my whole family went, seven of us. And that particular week was Museo Maradona week, where Maradona had a traveling museum. And it just so happened that that week that we were there, it was in Napoli. And I'll try to find it, Joe, but I have a T-shirt here that, that you know, the Museo Maradona T-shirt, Napoli. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll I'll take a picture of it and post it, send it to you, or we can we can post it on the Twitter yeah, yeah. account. But it's it's unbelievable how like the fate happened because we walk in, you're seeing like worn jerseys like behind me right here, uh, you know, boots, balls, trophies, memorabilia, signed signed jerseys of other teams to Maradona, uh, you know, of other players, you know, and it just was the most unbelievable experience. Then that later that week, Napoli played Spal. In Serechi. My cousin Elena in Naples worked for the groundskeeper that kept the grounds at San Paolo at the time. His name was Francesco Marano. I'll never forget him. No, Francesco Marone was his name. We met Mr. Marone outside of San Paolo and he said, Oh, we got to go inside to get the tickets, right? So we go inside, we open this gate, right? We go inside and we're literally standing on the track. At this point, like we're walking up, we're standing on the track. It was, oh, uh, you guys want to go on the field? Go on the field, you know? So we're on the pitch. Now we're walking the pitch that Maradona played on, looking up at the crowd and at at the stands. I'm imagining there's 80,000, you know, looking at the curvas, looking at the goal. The goals didn't even have nets in them. They were were doing the lines and the chalk. And I'm just like, this is heaven. This is heaven. And I do have a picture of that, and I'll show you. It's a very grainy picture of that. But it snowballed. There are things that happened that they snowballed. We got him to, sh- to, to get Radio Kiss Kiss to shout us out. Then we had, you know, he, we got the tickets, and then he goes, oh, you want to go to the Spogliatoi? And we're like, yeah, of course we want to go to the Spogliatoi. Well, you know. So he takes us down the steps. Maradona walked up to go oh. down to the spogliatoi in the, the the locker room for yep. anyone who doesn't know who spogliatoi is I know Joe does and I'm standing in the locker room where Maradona and the team celebrated the scudetto we go into an office there's like a little trophy in a desk there was nothing there was nothing in there mind you we had just been relegated for yeah and all this stuff you know and and I'm just thinking this is the best week ever and then he comes out Maradona he comes out and says hey uh the, the 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 team the team's practicing. Let's go to the facility. So we go to the facility. Now I'm thinking we're just gonna watch and practice, right? We meet a security guard, a guy in a Napoli jumpsuit. <laughs> and uh, um, was his name Francesco? Guy. No, no, it wasn't <laughs> Francesco. No, it's, it was it was Vincenzo. That's what okay. it was, Vincenzo. So this guy's name was Vincenzo, and uh, uh, Mr. Marone, Mr. Marone left he had to leave he had business to take care of but he said yeah uh vicenzo take care of them right yeah 
So Vincenzo goes, oh, you know, uh, uh, if we wait here, the team's going to come out. So the team started coming out onto the practice pitch, right, one by one. And Vincenzo's like, hey, hey, they're from America. And the players, oh, America, oh, 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 prende una foto. Like, they wanted to take pictures with us. <laughs> I'm talking Roberto Carlos Souza, Emanuele Cavallo, Gennaro Schellato, Gianluca Grava, uh, Montervino, Mo, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Eddie Rea, Per Paolo Marino, G, uh, Luigi De Laurentiis, the son of ADL. ADL was there, but he didn't. He didn't say, "Oh, let's take a photo." Yeah, but yeah. everybody wanted us to take. Oh, you want to take pictures? Let's take pictures. They all came out. It was just one of the most surreal moments of my entire life. I'll never forget Luigi De Laurentiis my, taking a picture with us. And he was the last one. Oh, Carmando, too, the massaggiatore that used to be with Maradona, too. He was like, he was like flying that we were here. Oh, America. Wow. He couldn't believe the, these guys couldn't believe there were fans from America, you know? Right. Not, you know. So um, De La, Gigi De Laurentiis comes up, right? <laughs> and he takes a picture. And my father says to him as he's leaving, Porta Napoli in Champions League. And, uh, De Laurentiis turns around and looks at us and said, oh, campione del mondo. And that's where, like, I had this chill in my spine. I was like, whoa, we're going to freaking be the biggest thing ever. You have no idea. I can't wait. I can't wait. Five, five to six years later, we're in the Champions League. So it's like my father and I have that to share. We're like, we never forget that. Like, De Laurentiis said, give us five years. We'll be in the chair. Because that's what he said. He said, cinque anni, you know, porti in Champions League, you know. And it's like, oh, dude, uh, it was one of the most surreal moments of my life. We got watched them practice. We got the free tickets. We went to the match. Napoli beats Spal 1-0. Gianello uh, saves a penalty kick with five minutes left. It's like it was one of the best days of my life. And that and that's my only visit to San Paolo ever. That was it right there. So what I used to say to people is Napoli – because my, because you know, I had my cousin, my first cousin, working with you know the, the yep. squad. Essentially, I always associate Napoli, the squad, the team, the city too, but the team as a member of my family. You know, like this team is more than just a team to me. It's, 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 it's almost everything to me. You know, and now I, it's great because Joe and you know this. We get to teach our kids. You yep. know, our kids are becoming little Napolitan too, and. My fiance, we're just nuts about the team. You know, it's it's my father. We went to visit, you know, I went to go visit my parents for Easter. And it's it's just even though <laughs> I knew we were gonna lose because we always lose when we watch the game together. It always happens. But just the joy of sitting there listening to my dad and arguing with him because he said something that's out of line. You know what I mean? But you know, I get annoyed with him when we watch because he talks a lot of crap. But the joy to be with my father and now with my son and my father and watch a match together. It's just, it's one of the highlights of my life. And, you know, this team, I'll never not support this team in anything they do. And I think that's to my, to, to, to that credit, it's why I'm a little bit on the defensive when I, when it comes to them, you know, I, I try to see the good in Napoli all the time. And I try to, take the positives out of the negatives. Yes, there are some negatives. Yes, I get it. But, but you know, think about it in the positive sense. And I try to be the voice of reason for Napoli fans who, who tend to go off, you know. I think that's where that comes from. It's just that I have such a close connection with the team, you know. Yeah, that's – first of all, that's an amazing story. I, I loved every second of it. And – there's definitely a common theme throughout of family. And that was the first thing. That's all I was really thinking the whole time is there's family, 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 your, your father, your parents, your cousin, your kids, your wife. And I, I knew that about you even before, you know, we planned this episode before we met that you could hear it through how you speak about the club. I remember uh, obviously Maradona was a big part of your life and, when you went on the cultural guys, I believe it was either the day of or the day after his passing. And I think if I recall correctly, it was your sister that called you and broke that news to you. And, you know, so there's that story. There's the fact that, that your cousins happened to work at the stadium and showed you around. And, and obviously the relationship started probably with your father um, on, you mentioned that you were visiting your family in, in South state and, 
I listened, you recorded the rant from there. Uh, well, first of all, your your father made an appearance on the episode. <laughs> a nice little cameo that I yeah. enjoyed. And then, uh, and then your son broke the game down, which was fantastic. He must be what eight years old. He's uh, he's gonna he's turning ten in June. Okay, and okay. he's like I, I <laughs> like I mean, it gets me emotional, Joe, because yeah. because I I have a third son. I have a son who's older. He's gonna be sixteen in June as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And he lives downstate with his mom. I moved up to uh, Saratoga Springs when he was four years old, and we visit regularly, and we talk regularly, and we're we're very good. We're very, very good. But that connection with Napoli, we had, and I'll send you that too, Joe. I have pictures yeah. of him in the Diodoro Serie B Napoli kit. Like, it was wonderful. But we kind of lost that connection. And I try to buy him some Napoli gear and I try to get him into the, the game. He's like, Dad, I'm just not into it, man. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a football guy, I'm a basketball guy, I'm a baseball guy. I'm just not into it. Okay, you know, okay, his name is Jonathan. And it's like, all right, Jonathan, you know, I respect that, but, you know, can you at least wear what I buy? <laughs> he said, I'll wear it, Dad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but Rocco, I mean, and Paulie too, my my yeah. uh, my eight-year-old, he's, he's, he's yelling. He's the biggest – he he is the Insignia's biggest critic. Now, it's my, my, my eight-year-old son. Yeah. The biggest Insignia critic, always. He's <laughs> always criticizing him. And I'm like, dude, he just won – player of the month in april and may in march yeah he just won player of the month in march like how can you criticize him this much like he he just scored a goal like it was a, even <laughs> after the the goal he scored against crotone and before the assist to, he just scored what are you yelling at him for but you know he's still a kid rocco though he's already come to he's come to me and said dad you're my inspiration i want to make a i want to make a youtube video i want to make oh. a like a like my own youtube show about Napoli and about soccer in general. And I was like, oh, like when you hear things like that, now, now you know, your kids are young, I'm sure, right? Yeah. When you when you hear that, Joe, it's going to, it's just going to be like, it's going to blow your mind, you know? And he, he went down there and was the star of the show at my parents' house, you know, and they hadn't seen him in a year and a half either. And he was just the star of the show. He knows what he's talking about. He knows you know, I know he hears a lot. He takes a lot from from me, but he'll throw his own little opinion in there. And I, I look at him and I just like shake my head and be like, "Yeah, you're you're freaking right, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Why is he starting? You know, <laughs> and it's just it's one of the best. It's it's such a gratifying experience, you know, to have the family. And you mentioned, you know, the Culture Guys uh, episode. I actually just recorded with the Culture Guys before I came on here. And we were talking about that too. And it was the day of, it was the day of Maradona's passing. And you mentioned the family, you know, uh, never once in my wildest dreams. Now, you know, my sister, you know, she's only uh, about a year and like eight months old, younger than I am. I'm the oldest of five, uh, but she gets it. You know what I mean? Her, her brother-in-law is Brazilian from Sao Paulo. He's a big Sao Paulo fan, but he loves Napoli too. Hates Juventus, you know? But she messaged me and she said, hey, Ralph, outside of the culture community, I'm, I'm known as Ralph. <laughs> she goes, Ralph, did you hear? I said, oh, no, who? Because I feel like anytime she messages me that, she'll tell me. And, and usually it's like an older family member or it's like, you know. And when she texted Maradona, I fell to my <laughs> Joe, <laughs> get me emotional, yeah. man. I felt I fell to my knees dude like I just was like no (laughs) how can this be like no way he was fine you know because he was in the hospital you know and he was uh he was just in the hospital a month prior it was his birthday you know surgery yeah and um I don't know like I, I I I I had a client waiting for me and I asked him to come back in a half hour and I went to the, my office and I turned on my uh, Twitter live and I lost my shit, you know. And I think coming from my sister was a big moment in my life because not reading it on the news or not – because I had no idea. Joe, I had no I'd, no clue. No clue. She hit me from – you know, she hit me from the blind side, man, for real. I had no idea what happened. 
I was so busy at work, and sometimes when I'm that busy at work, I don't look at my. I obviously I can't look at my phone. I don't I don't know what's going on. Hey, did you guys hear about you know? Oh, you know what uh, uh, Gattuso said? No, what what he said? You know, I'm usually one of the last to know because of that. So I had no idea. When she said it to me, it was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. And later that day, it dawned on me. I was like, wow, I found out from a family member that somebody who we regarded like it was like a family member was lost and you know neapolitans all over the world saying it kind of justified it for me because i was sitting there crying and then when i was done with the video and when i was done crying in the office after the video i got up i put my apron on i went out to cut the guy who came back and he goes you all right i said yeah you know diego maradona died <laughs> and i was kind of like trying to make it lighthearted, you know like oh yeah he was old you know he was he wasn't that old he was sick you know uh but like I inside, I felt like I lost an uncle or, you know, a brother, you know. And when I later found out that most of Napoli felt that way, which I knew they would. But still, when they, like I heard people and saw videos and you heard my dad when I spoke. To, <laughs> sorry, Joe. When I spoke to my dad that day. Yeah. <laughs> The last time I saw him cry that hard was when my grandfather passed away, you know, and I said, you all right? He said, no, no, I'm not okay. You know, it was, it was tough, Joe, tough. And this guys, everybody listening is what Napoli means to me. You know, this is what this team means to me. Like, so when we go through hardships, it hurts hard. It does. It hurts. And when we win, and I don't care. I got a lot. <laughs> I caught a lot of crap about the uh, reaction to my Coppa Italia win. But you guys have to understand that, yeah, it was only a Coppa Italia. But that was one of the most special moments of my life because I got to share that with my kids. You know, my kids are with it, old enough to know, you know, what's going on, invested as I am, wearing Napoli gear, watching the TV glued. You know, with my fiance glued too. It's like, it's like that moment for me. I broke down and cried, and I had some Juve haters retweet. Look at this for the Coppa Italia. It's more than that to me. It's a lot more than that. So you know, that's me, man. <laughs> that's me, guys. Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't think of of a better person to chronicle. Maradona's seasons with us, which of course is something that you're doing as part of uh, Far From Vesuvius. And, and you just announced the other day that that you are going to start recording the second half of the, I want to say 89-90 season, was it? the 88-89. Uh, I might have said 89-90 in, in error. I might have. But it, yeah, we were, so that's, that's another weird story, Joe. I'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ken Chofredi, Frank Sidekick and myself had recorded like a three hour long <laughs> 88 89 season chronicle for Maradona because yeah. you know if, if everybody here doesn't know uh, what Joe just mentioned we have been chronicling the Maradona era uh so not just Maradona but what's going on with the team during that era you know I do have vivid memories of the first Scudetto by watching a lot of video when I was a kid too. So like I remember that, you know, it just wasn't, you know, while it happened, but nevertheless, we had recorded this three hour long show that got lost in uh, the interwebs somewhere and <laughs> we had to start over. So a week before Maradona passed away, we recorded part one. We decided to split it up into two parts uh, Ken wasn't available, so it was just Frank and I, and we recorded part one, and part one was going to be just the UEFA Cup, and then part two was going to be the Serie A and the Coppa Italia of that season. We were in that year, we were in all three competitions to the wire deep, so it was a lot to cover, you know? That, I have to say, Joe, was one of our, probably one of our best seasons, you know, even mm-hmm. though we won Scudetto twice. I mean, finishing second to Inter lost with a few matches left the Scudetto yeah. to them uh, on the pitch, lost to them, uh, lost in the Coppa Italia final, but won, you know, the Coppa UEFA. So that was a deep, deep, deep squad. So we had a lot to cover. So we did part one and we were like, okay, I'll post this 
now and it took me a little while like i was like all right now i'll I'll edit and i'll post and i'll edit and i'll post and we were going to post that show the day he passed away because that day we were supposed to record part two uh i forgot that i had to work that day because it was the day before thanksgiving in the in the states and i canceled on frank and said hey can we do next wednesday and he said, yeah, sure, no problem. I said, I'll still post this. When I get home, I'll edit and post, and then we'll just record part two next week. Okay, cool. Then I found out that Maradona passed away. So that halted that too. So then we recorded a whole like you know tribute to him and posted that. So I'll never forget just a week prior, just the, the way we talked about Maradona with such like an upbeat, tempo and just like you know yeah maradona 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 and then with that came an intro that was sad and then an outro that was awful (laughs) and you could just tell the difference and now we have to go on and i would i would really have liked to have finished this before he passed away but who knew you know who knew that that would happen you know it's just very surreal surreal you know I, i never knew that recording these chronicles we would not be able to finish before he'd pass away because we were doing it at a pretty good rate. You know, we were popping them out quickly and then we started going back to work for the pan, you know, from the pandemic and things started slowing down a bit for us. So it's just been very, very hard to get together with him, the time change and all that stuff, family and his schedule. So yeah, we, uh, we plan on restarting that next week. We're going to finish uh, 88, 89. Then we're going to go to the second Scudetto and then his final year. But yeah, but then we were already talking about doing more, like, you know, going mm-hmm. back to other eras and doing those. Maybe the 70s, maybe the Mazzotti era, maybe the Serie B, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe take a, a deep look into the Falimento, you know. And it's it's so gratifying to me doing what we do, Joe, you and I, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, I don't do it for money. I don't care. Everybody asks me, hey. Why don't you start getting these shows sponsored? Why don't you just – because I don't care Mm because I don't care. I love being a barber and making money doing that, and I love coming home to do Napoli podcasts. This is what I do, you know? And if someone were to come to me, of course I'll say – I'll definitely agree and, Mm -hmm. you know, accept, gladly accept. But I'm not fishing for any kind of clout, nothing. This is just – it makes me happy. And I've come to find out that the Raff and Raff rant – is a great way for me to express myself after a defeat instead of take it out on the family or mope around the house, you know? So I feel better after it. Yeah, back to the to the Maradona Chronicles. In a way, uh, obviously, you, you wish it, Maradona was still here. But in a way, I don't mind that you didn't get to finish it before he passed going back and if for anyone who hasn't heard those episodes you have to go check them out um especially for the younger generation of fans to i don't think anyone will fully appreciate it even myself included uh we talked to joey about this uh when he came on a couple of episodes back and he he said the same thing that unless you've seen it with your own eyes it's yeah it's hard to to truly appreciate it but that's the closest thing to me and and it's genuine man like it's mm-hmm. Like you said, that the the episodes that have been recorded so far, other than the intro and outro of the last one, were all recorded before he passed. So that is true, just genuine passion and fandom about a player. And it wasn't it, not not to to call people out necessarily, but I think a lot of people maybe changed their opinions or or became more passionate about it after he passed because that's just how we are uh, as humans. But that was all just genuine passion about the player when he was still alive. Um, and now to, to finish off that series, I think, yeah, maybe there will be a different tone. And I think that's appropriate because of what happened. And I think for you personally, I think that's going to give you some closure to finish that and, and carry through to the end of his time with, with Napoli. And yeah, I think it's a great idea to talk about those other generations I'd especially love again thinking of our younger generation of fans and and again even for me you talked about the you know Souza and and Calayo and those guys when that team got promoted back up 
that's really my first true memories of yeah. Napoli and when I really started getting into it. So again, you can look up old videos and things like that, but the way you guys put it together, the way you guys tell the story, that's a that's a great resource for this younger generation of fans to appreciate some of the history and and definitely anything before the Maradona era is again it's so so hard to get your hands on information from that time so keep doing that I love it I'm looking forward to hearing Frank Sidekick's voice again I mean he's been a little bit absent from uh, social yeah. media for a while so it'll be good to have him back I'm I'm looking forward to that yeah 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 Frank is uh Frank is just. I told him, I said, listen, I'll list off all these matches and you go with the the happenings of it, you know, because just the way you sound when you talk about it is just so soothing and yes. it's soothing, but it pumps you up at the same time. You know, it, it's amazing what he can do, you know, to a show. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you looking forward to it because, you know, we put a lot into it. We put a lot into it. It, yeah. it was a lot, you know, and it was so much that when we got back to work, it was just too much to do. And, you know, you say that Napoli, you know, this would give me closure. And I, I agree with that. I agree with that. In a way, I'm happy that we were able to stall on finishing it, too, because to just go jumping back into it would seem so, like, I feel, to, to a new listener, even. I mean, they can go back and see that we've done episodes before, but, like, oh, well, Maradona died. That's why everyone's doing this Maradona thing. And I just was like, you know what? Let's just wait. You know, let's wait. We have all time in the world to do this. It's not like, you know, there's a time frame that we have to do it. It's going to be there forever. So let's just wait and, you know, get over it a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you want to you wanna do it right. You don't want to rush it just for the sake of getting it done. And, you know, that's that sounds like the perfect project to do over, you know, during the off season or when – yeah. You know, right now games are we're still going to have games you know some of them are every couple of days there's a lot going on so you definitely want to do it right back to the family I, my kids are younger than yours but i'm starting to get a bit of that i i bought them kits for the first time this year and they eventually came from italy and um you know my my son knows the name when i if i've basically had him memorize maradona so when i when i ask him who's the best player ever Immediately, it, he says it a bit funny, which is cute in and of itself. That's He's great. Diego Madadona. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. So That's perfect. Know, he knows it. He thinks every blue team is Napoli, which is fine. It's, you know. <laughs> How old are they, Joe? So my son is four. He'll be uh, five in September. My daughter's uh, she'll be three in June. Yeah. So um, they, and, you know, I play the songs. I play. You yes. know, as you know, I I play all Napoli ten songs uh, in between the segments of my pod. When you do a just maybe a, a bit of an administrative kind of point for the listeners. Um, when you do a solo podcast, it's a lot <laughs> to, to talk <laughs> for, for 45 minutes straight or whatever. And, and just to break up the monotony, I, I throw in some, some Napolitan music and I have a, a great listener, Anna, that she's a, an avid uh, music buff and, and she's an avid Napoli. She loves Napoli in all, all right. of it, the city, the music, the people, right. the soccer, so um so she's she's great she sends me all kinds of songs and takes sections out and put them in in between um but at the beginning i didn't have that many so almost every episode had the napoli anthem and mm -hmm. uh some chants or whatnot so now my kids will ask when we're in the car driving to to drop them off at daycare or whatever oh we want to hear napoli napoli or, or my daughter says napoli napoli you know? yes dude yes that's so i'm telling you that's a thing because it's the beginning stages because that's exactly what happened with my kids yeah. i would play uh you know or as most people know it as forza napoli by uh by nino d'angelo they love it they my, yeah. my young eight-year-old still wants to listen to it Napoli by by Pino Daniele. There's also Napoli by Toto Cotugno is one of my favorite songs. It's very yeah, underrated. Yeah. You, you know about it. But there's also, you know, uh, uh, Osurdato Namorato by Massimo Ranieri. And your intro, dude. And, you know, your, all the music that you put on, it really gets me going. I love it. I do love it. It's wonderful. I think, you, like you said, breaks the monotony, monotony, but it also takes me back to like another song. You know, like, wow. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you one, too, that maybe it's not not necessarily Napolitan, but it's from Ipu, the group okay. Ipu. Uh, Napoli per noi. Look it up. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Use it all you want, dude, because it's awesome. It's great. But when your intro comes on, dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I'm in my car. 
Yama, yama, gopa yamaya. I love it. I freaking love it. I'm just singing to the tune. I love it so much. So yeah, you're doing a smash job, my friend. You're yeah. doing a freaking great job. Awesome. Uh, Raf, if it's okay with you, I almost don't want to review the Yuva game anymore. <laughs> not not because I just feel like it's it's kind of secondary now. You know, hearing your story and you know, talking about Maradona, talking about family. You know, I can review the match next episode unless you want to. I, I think I, I almost don't want to, to be honest with you. Joe, for the sake of the time of your podcast, we'll do whatever you want, my friend. You're the, you're the man. I, what I will say, what I will say is it's not over. We absolutely have a chance at fourth place. Don't be discouraged by the loss. Here I am, positive Rafa. <laughs> uh, we're still in a fantastic position. We have nine matches left to Juve's 10, including the Coppa Italia match, which is their penultimate match of their season. And it yeah. comes between an Inter and Bologna match. Bologna is always tough on the road. We have an easier road. Juve don't. Atalanta is attainable this season, I feel. We're, we're only four points behind Milan. There's a lot still left that we can do. So the one takeaway I have from this loss is... We fought to the end for a goal. Mm -hmm. We got it, you know, and that shows character to me. You know, I think Napoli still have the character to win. A lot of people say, you know, Napoli, especially since, you know, the the loss I've seen. Oh, they don't have the big game mentality. They don't have the this and they don't have the that. They turned it up in the second half and they got themselves a goal. It was a little too late, but they didn't quit. They did not quit. They were in it the whole game. And I feel like. If Napoli can do that for the rest of the season, Champions League is attainable. And that's all I'll say about it. That's it. Yeah. No, well, we can talk a little bit about it generally. And I completely agree. I think credit to our fans. Most of them didn't go off the wall this time around. (laughs) I think that was because they did see a performance that was, as you described, the heart was their tale of two halves, the, the typical cliche, first half very different than the second. Although, ironically, I thought we had our better chances actually came in the first half. We just didn't take them. Zielinski, you know, Fabian and Signal had really good shots, uh, just didn't hit the target. You give Ronaldo a couple of wide open chances like that, he's going to make you pay. And interestingly, this was one of the few games where we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot necessarily. I know the defending was poor on the first goal, but, you know, it wasn't like the Crotone match where we're gifting goals to our opponents and, and we got the loss i thought it was also interesting that unfortunately over three matches against juventus our, our biggest rival we didn't score a single goal from open play both of them from penalties we also missed the penalty obviously in the supercopa which again unfortunately unfortunate but it was a good performance and as you mentioned we do have if we can get some points from inter and lazio especially from lazio because they're still in it you know they have that game in hand against torino still if they win that game, they're right in there with us and and Atalanta, Juve, Milan. So if we can take points from Lazio, then that's pretty important. And then, you know, we control our destiny pretty much because of the schedule. You know, the other teams, as you said, have some tougher matches. We both tweeted about the tiebreak. Did you want to just break that down quickly for, for anyone that uh, doesn't know how the rules work and why that second goal was so important? I'm sorry, that first goal that we scored. The tiebreak goes like this. It's goals. uh, Sorry, no, it's points between the teams in question. Then it's head-to-head goals, you know, differential between the two teams in question. So in the Atalanta case, we do have the tiebreak because we won 4-1 and then we lost 4-2. It's it's, uh, 6-5 on aggregate, basically. So we get the tiebreak. With Juventus, we lost one nil. Or we won one nil. We lost two one. Away goals is not the next. Uh, as, a, as a matter of fact, it's not a scenario at all. And here right. I am thinking it was. And Joe, it might have been at one point, and maybe that's why I thought it was. But the next tiebreak is goal differential yeah. in the whole league, which Juventus have a plus three on us, right? But the tiebreak after that is goals scored, which we have the second most in the league and I think like four more than Juventus. So a couple of big wins and we're right back in that situation. You know, we can control that destiny. 
But let's look at it this way. All we have to do is tie to Atalanta in points and we get the fourth spot, you know. Now, I'm very grateful that we got to play this match. And, you know, I even said it when the whole thing first started, the whole thing with the COVID, you know, the match being rescheduled and all that. I don't care if we lose the match that we make up as long as we lose it on the pitch, right? I don't even care. And I did joke. I said, I don't even care if it's from a referee error. As long as it was on the pitch, then we lost fine. Because in the courts, we lost 3-0. And we also lost a point. You know, we had a point deducted. Could you imagine, Joe, if we never had that point, you know, reduction given back? And we finish one point behind Atalanta where we could have tied them in points and had the tie break. You imagine De Laurentiis' mouth <laughs> in in May? I, I can't. I can't. So I'm very grateful that the match was played. We lost. I look at the positives, like I said. You know, Insigne got another goal, albeit on a penalty, fine. But Men came on and really opened up the space. Uh, looked great, too. Uh, Fabian woke up in the second half. I know he had the chance in the first, but he was very sluggish. He looked, he looked great, uh, in the second. And I just, I, you know, and Di Lorenzo played a great game as well. Another one on rest, you know, exactly. Uh, and now we own a tie break against Atalanta and could still very well obtain a tie break advantage over Juventus. So all is not lost, people. Like, this is not over. It's not over. There's nine matches, 27 more ma- more points on offer, and we're only four points out of second place. Never mind third or, four, or, or fourth. Second place. So hang on to your hats, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, the way I'm looking at it, the way Milan have been dropping points in 2021, yes. you know, they just lost points to Santoria. There's effectively three Champions League positions up for grabs and five teams competing for them. Six, if you count Roma, who seems to be dropping further and they're more focused on on the Europa League. So, yeah, I agree. It's This is going to be wide open. It could come down to the very end. And, again, I, I scratch my head sometimes with the scheduling in, in this league, but it could come you know, to help us with uh, Juve playing Atalanta in the, the Coppa Italia final before the match, the final match day and and what that will mean. And I, I want to say Atalanta play Milan on the final day of the of the league. I, don't quote me on that, but this could come down to the wires. So yeah, we, we just got to keep moving forward. And even when was the last time you saw De Laurentiis tweet something positive after after a loss? A loss, and, right. right? <laughs> so, you know, if... Well, people and, thought he was nuts for that too, but I mean, <laughs> th- th- he's got a lot of harsh critics, but... Yeah. But, you know, and Joe, I felt the same way, man. Like, yeah, losing is frustrating. You never want to lose to Juventus. I rem- I, I believe the last time we took more than three points away from Juventus was in 2009-10 when we beat them 3-2 in the, in, uh, at the Olimpico di Torino on that comeback by, by Hamsik, remember, if you can remember that. And then we beat them in Sao Paulo as well. But before that, the last time we took all six points was in 89-90. Wow. You know, and I think it was one season where we took four out of six somewhere in there as well. It's just amazing. So the likelihood of, of us gaining a point or winning the match was, you know, not very likely, you know, given the history. Mm-hmm. But I never felt – let me see. Let me see how I'm going to word this. I never felt more satisfied – after a loss to Juventus than I did here, you know, because the game was finally played, the pressure's off everyone's shoulders. This whole, oh, well, if we win this game, or if, oh, you know, is it going to be rescheduled again? Or is it, you know, the pressure's off. That's done. Over with, put it in the past, focus on the next nine games, right? And we, we lose, but we lose, and we're still in a position that nobody, very little, I shouldn't say nobody, very little people thought we'd be in in December and January, mm-hmm. you know, and again, you got to look at the positive sometimes and things, you know, we could talk about Gattuso's tactics. We could talk about the substitutions that he made and when he made them and why he didn't start Aussie men and why he didn't start men. For me, Merton starts that game 10 times out of 10, given his form. We talked about it, Joe, when you came yeah. on our rant, when you have somebody in form, they play, 
yes, Ossiman costs seventy million, and yes, he's the guy you know that should be you know scoring twelve to fifteen to twenty goals, you know, in our in the first. But he, yeah, he's he's the most overpriced twenty-one year old, but he's still only twenty-one years old. Mm-hmm. We will, we will get our return on investment with him. He, we're going to get the goals from him. We're going to get the assists from him. He's just begun. And he said that on, on a video himself. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that and- gives me the motivation to be like, okay, you know what? Yeah, man, Ossiman's going to do this. You know, it's not going to be the season, but he's going to do this, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I like Ossiman as much as anyone does, but we can't forget that Mertens came off back-to-back games where he scored a free kick. And he's, that's the thing with Mertens. He could be doing nothing, but he still offers that. And what a lot of people, I think, forgot was that in the last meeting, even though we won against Juve, Osman got bullied. Mm. And Delict completely manhandled yeah. him. And everyone was saying after that game, he needs to bulk up during the offseason. Because right, he, Joe. Yes. Like, everybody yeah. forgot about that. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing about Osaman, and, and this is something that we talked about when I came on your show last time, because I think it was right after the Milan game, and back then Juve was still scheduled to be, you know, a couple days later. I think it may have just gotten moved that day when we Yes, recorded. it was moved, yes. And what we had talked about was the benefit of having a player like Osaman, a weapon like Osaman to bring off the bench. And that's exactly what we saw. People, Like you said, people want to criticize Gattuso's tactics and maybe yeah we didn't have the right mentality heading into the game but he brought him on in the 54th minute which was earlier than he typically makes his changes and typically i agree that he it almost seems like he's kind of pre-planned when he's going to make his subs but he brought those guys on early he was very aggressive he everyone thought he was going to take mertens out instead i mean questionable whether he should have taken lozano out or not but he took them out so he went with more attacking players a double pivot of Zielinski and fabian right and i think osman was more effective for that reason because now he comes in with fresh legs against a tired kalini and maybe delict is still fresh because he's a younger guy but i i felt like he had a bit more of an advantage in that sense and you can't assume that if Osman started the match that he would have played a full 90 minutes that way. Right. right. You know what I mean? So I, I don't have a problem with that. And and I, I agree. I walked away from that match disappointed that we lost, but still feeling pretty optimistic. You know, had we taken a beating, I think we would have all reacted a little bit differently and started again, you know, fire Gattuso and questioning where, where this club is heading. But Listen, when I'm, I'm I'm home down with my parents and I get up, I'm the first one up off the couch and I'm walking into the kitchen and there's my mom and she's like, she's coming in from outside the outside deck and she's like, she's like, you know, again, they all call me Ralphie. She's like, Ralphie, what happened? And I was like, ah, 2-1. She goes, oh, shit. And I'm like, what? Was that? He goes, you're your father. Oh, oh no, it's over. We're going to have yeah. the worst day. And I was like, nah. I think we're all right. <laughs> so then I go into the bedroom where my fiance is relaxing because she's taking care of kids running all over the place. And I'm like, hey, babe, what's going on? You know, she's like, oh, you know, just resting. Is it over? I said, yeah. And she and she said, one nothing. I said, no, 2-1. She goes, we 2-1 us? I said, no, 2-1 them. She goes, oh. She goes, well, you're not that upset. I said, meh. I, there's a lot of positives to take away. And she's like, oh, Okay. And I tell like the relief (laughs) because I'm telling you, my father and myself sitting at a table sulking and talking about – we still talked about the match after. you know. And and we had a lot of choice words for the referee too, by the way, Um, and for a lot of people who think that that Chiesa foul was a penalty, but whatever. Um, (laughs) We – at one point I told my dad, I said, dad, they didn't give him the penalty. Who cares? You know, why is everyone talking about this penalty? Capello said it's not a penalty. This guy says it is a penalty. You know, uh, it's not. It's not a penalty. We, they didn't give it. Yeah, but they should have given it to freaking Zelitsky, though. Yeah, well, yeah, they should have. Yeah, you're right. But you know, they didn't. Whatever. It's over. Think of the positives. Look at the positives. And my fiance is looking at me like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Because <laughs> <laughs> normally I'm just like head down, sulking all day, just yeah, out of it. Don't want to do anything. Typically, we're miserable when we lose. Right? It's our whole day's ruined, especially for us when we're watching on. Uh, in North America, and if a game's at six thirty in the morning, nine o'clock in the oh, morning, oh yeah, forget about it, <laughs> dude. Uh, speaking of, I'll never forget. I was living in 
I was living in another town where I'm at we're up here in South, in uh, in uh, upstate New York, and my, I was living in the same town my cousin was. So it was about a three minute drive, but it was the six thirty match, and it was snowing like crazy. And I didn't have a TV at the time. I just moved in. I didn't set up my cable, so I had to go to his house to watch it on BN at the time. It was when Iguain was with us. It was Bologna Napoli. Bologna three, Napoli two. I don't know if you remember this match, but Iguain scored two goals to come back. We were down three nothing. I think Diawara was still on Bologna at the time, and I was just miserable, Joe. I got up at six in the morning to go to my cousin's house. Yeah, down the street, but in freaking a blizzard, and I had to go watch that. You yeah, come on. And then I had to, and then we both we were both working at the same barbershop at the time, and I had to go home, change, get, get, go and go out to work all day. Yeah, <laughs> not happy, not happy, dude. It was it was miserable, miserable. But like I said, through the rant, Joe, I was I'm able to like let it out, you know, through podcasting, through through being, uh, you know, invited on these shows. Like, there's another thing, you know, after the Juve game, you know, I'm getting invited to all these shows. Boom, boom. You know, culture. I have to turn a couple away, but culture guys, Inter, you know, Inter Worldwide wants me on Sunday, like I mentioned to you. Uh, you know, it, it it's 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 fun. It's gratifying. It's kind of leveled out the pressures of, you know, a bad match. And I just find joy in what I do, you know, as I'm sure you do too. Oh, absolutely. And and I think the listeners, especially on your show, because it's live and because it's interactive, I talk about how this series is kind of like a therapy session, especially after losses. And I think your show is the same thing for for those who participate on the chat or they're they're watching live or whatnot, that it's it's an outlet. It's, you know, mm-hmm. de-stress, let's get it off our, our backs and, and then mm-hmm. we can try to enjoy the rest of the day as, as best we can. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think you and I could probably talk until next week. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Yeah. But uh, I think we're going to wrap it up there. I, I'm truly grateful for you to come on, on the podcast and, and tell your stories. I, I love hearing stories. Before I let you go, if, if you want to just share where, where the listeners can find you and a little bit about, about your shows. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Rafanopoli83, uh, Facebook, Rafael Rispo, um, Instagram at Rispo Edge. That's where I showcase a lot of my hair stuff. I'm a barber, so I showcase a lot of the hair stuff. And I also do Napoli. You know, it's not just that. But the show is at Raf Rant on Twitter, the Raf and Raf Rant on Facebook. We don't have an Instagram page right now. I'm going to work on that soon. But you can also find us at Far From Vesuvius on Twitter, um, also on Facebook and Instagram. Just look us up uh, under that name. Lately, we have been taking the audio of our live shows and turning it into an audio podcast for those who can't catch it live and can't really have, you know, YouTube's, you know, on the phone wherever they're at whether they're running or whether they're like working or whether they're on the go and they can't really kind of stick to their youtube app because if they get out of it they have to you know they 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 shut the audio off well that's me actually i I typically listen to the podcast audio version because most games uh, like especially if it's during uh middle of the week type of thing midweek fixture that's when i'm driving to pick up my kids from daycare so I, I tend to catch the audio version the next day or or I'll actually put YouTube on my phone and just let it play. Sure. And, and sure, not sure. No, and I appreciate that because because yeah. buddy of mine, Darren Gardner, who started who started the Sempre podcast which before we were far from Vesuvius, we were Sempre. He gave me the idea because I had put one on just to see how it would do. Mm-hmm. And he messaged me back and said, Hey Rafa, you know, he goes, he goes, I loved your podcast. You know, I love the idea. It, it just sounds different than the Far From Vesuvius, what we were doing before. You know, not to knock what we were doing before because we were we were fine. You know, we got a lot of followers, a lot of listeners. We got a lot of fans. It's great. But he said there's a certain edge to it now. And, you know, I really enjoyed listening to it. And I asked him, I said, well, I appreciate that, Darren. I said, let me ask you, you know, how did you – oh, he, he, he lives in England. You know, oh, I was taking – doing stock take in my job, which is – inventory here right yep. and i had it on my earphones i listened to the podcast i said so it wasn't youtube he goes no no it's the, the far from vesuvius podcast i said oh wow so now i'm posting as many match post matches as i can mm-hmm. uh you know i'm 
putting those on an audio only. My cousin also said the same thing. He goes, oh, you know, I like to watch because I want to see you guys. But when I listen, it's like flows. So it's good. So, you know, you can find us there. Download us on any podcast platform or you can watch us live. Uh, We typically go on Mondays uh, around between 5 and 6 p.m. We try to get a little notification out beforehand that we're going to come on. And about 20 to 30 minutes after any match, the uh, Napoli match will go on. Sometimes I'll be on uh, screen. Sometimes I'll call in to the Napoli line. You can call the Napoli line, 833-232-1926. But, yeah, listen, well, I, you, I, you can find me in a lot of places, Joe. I'm all yeah. over the place, man. Well, and I'll, I'll obviously tweet that out once, uh, once the episode publishes. And, who knows? We may collab a little bit on some pregame shows. We we did a bit of an ad hoc one the other day. At, we uh, did. At the that was of, that was uh, big. That was yeah. big. A lot of people liked it. A lot of yeah. people reached out to me personally and said, "Hey, we should do that." Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so that that was cool. All right. So you can find me at Joe underscore Fischetti five. You can find the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forts and Napoli Pod. Rafa, thank you so much again for coming on. We'll be back with another episode probably in the next couple of days. Uh, maybe still do a review of the Juve game in a bit more detail and preview the Sampdoria match. But until next time, I'm Joe Fischetti. Forza Napoli sempre. Network.